When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. And overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks. Thank you for tuning in to Kettle Whistle Radio. I'm Dave, and um, I have a good friend returning tonight. You do remember Brian DeVoe of the band Nine Days. Uh, well, they have a big comeback, coming back. And he has returned to these airwaves, folks, friends, and teens, and he still refuses to use Skype, so we had to do it by cell phone, so here and there, it's you know not as crisp sounding, but we'll, I'm going to get him to change that for next time. Uh, meanwhile, uh... And now, Brian DeVoe of Nine Days. Tech Talk with Brian DeVoe. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, um, I'm glad you could come back. This is uh, Kettle Whistle Radio, of course. I've got Brian DeVoe of Nine Days, co-founder, correct? Co-founder. I guess we're on. We're on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, um, I, I just, I, I'm glad to have you back. I love having repeat performers like this, especially you, old friend. Uh, new Star Wars was out. We saw Jedi together when it was new. And uh, what was your take on Star Wars, man? You know, 
know, I mean, I, I loved it. Um, the funny thing is, I've only seen it once, and I know how many times you see it. <laughs> you tr- guess. Uh, five. Yes, maybe. exactly. Okay. Uh, John Hampson, Michael Fenner from the band, he's seen it about five times. Okay. To be honest, I, I felt like it was weird. Like when I was watching it, um, I felt like it went by so quick. Yeah. And then and it's over two hours even, and, and I was just like, okay, that's it. <laughs> but I just haven't gotten to go back, and uh, I don't know. In a weird way, I felt like I see, I saw it. Like I felt, I felt like there was nothing I needed to discover. I know John said that. Um, the second time is definitely better, and then so yes. on, but noticing different things, and I'm sure I will once it comes out on DVD and all that, but I don't even know if it's going to theaters, but I'd like to go back and it, see it. Yeah, it's still there. I got to see it last week. I took my dad to see it in IMAX, and it was like seeing it for the first time again. IMAX was just amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, I kind of knew Han Solo wasn't going to make it to the end of this one. I just had that feeling, and Jeremy from the band Wild Sound Solo, so yeah. I kept telling him that. He's like, shut up, shut up. Like I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I just want to do this movie anymore. We all knew it was going to happen because uh, Harrison Ford wanted him to die in Empire, you know. So he got his wish. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. wanted. He thought he shouldn't come back uh, and you know sacrifice himself for his friends, which he did. You know. And honestly, it was. It's a cool moment. I mean, it really is. And if he had to go out, I think that was the only way you can kill Han Solo. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. Um. Um. I'm trying to think if there's anything I didn't like, and I don't know if there is really. Um. I, love I was wondering, I meant to ask the band this last night, and I forgot, but she, uh, Ray, who had the crush on, I'm sure all of us do, uh, <laughs> the actress of it. Yeah. Um, Daisy Ridley? She was living in a, she was living in a snowwalker, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like that was, yeah, that was her, her home, home there. Just a wreckage of old battles and stuff. So I, I was thinking, like, what's the connection to that? Because obviously she's in a desert and it's a snowwalker. Right. Like, I wonder if there's some sort of, there. Well, the, um, the other, maybe they could just walk in the desert too. I don't know, but it, it is called the Snow Walker, right? Yeah, they're Adats. Yeah, the uh, Snow Walker. But they actually, they ended up just being walkers because if you remember uh, on Endor and Jedi, there was one, and then they had you know the Scout Walkers as well out in the woods. So I guess they okay. use them everywhere. Yeah, that's one thing I thought about. Everything else, I don't know. I didn't really um, see anything else. I'm sure there is, and you, know, you probably know, but. <laughs> Well, the jury's out on who she is. Um, she could be Luke's daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people are saying she could be Ray Kenobi. That's what I, I heard, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be pretty cool. Oh, it'd be wild. But, yeah, we knew we were going to talk. The original actor. Yeah. The original actor. Did she pass away? Um, I'm sure he did. Yeah, Alec Ennis, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even remember, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, now, you're in New York right now? Yeah, I'm actually home, I wish we had done this earlier so we can get <laughs> people out there. I mean, I, I do have some Long Island listeners. You're, you're in uh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. You guys coming back? Uh, 
Um, I hope so. You know, um, we're going to put the record out in June, and um, we're going to see how it goes, and you know, hopefully, you know, John can quit his teaching job and we can go on the road and see everybody. That would be awesome. Yeah, man. And, uh, there's a bunch of summer tours that come through, and nostalgia tours, and um, those would be great to get on, like the Sugar Ray, well, on the Sugar Ray tour and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. This record's kind of new for us, and I don't know if we want to do the nostalgia thing, but hey, you know. Oh, I think you should. That would be awesome, man. What a way to come, like, get back in the scene, especially with bands like like Sugar Ray. I can't believe Sugar Ray's coming back. Yeah, yeah, they did the tour last year. They even came through Nashville. Okay. And um, I didn't go. Because I, I don't know if I could sit through some of those other bands, but that's just, <laughs> that's just me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's so you. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I'm on stage then. And yeah, uh, but, uh, they're doing it this year and they'll probably do it again next year and they'll probably do different tours like that too um, so we'll see I know we're, we're still good friends with uh, the guys in Tonic um, and cool. actually Emerson Nashville so I see him here and there and, uh, you never know so we'll see what happens when the record comes out and uh, I don't know how we're working it there's a whole release plan because I think our management is going to act as a label if a label doesn't step in we're still kind of looking at people but um, there's like a whole release plan and uh, I don't know if it's through the single's going to come out first, and then the record in June. I would assume that's going to happen. But I do know, like on iTunes, like certain bands do, we're going to mm-hmm. have a release. You know, if you pre-order the record, you know, one track will be available, and then maybe a month later, another track. And yep. so yeah, that's that's the trend. I, I talk to a lot of bands, and that is the trend now. Sometimes they just put an EP out, you know, and put a couple of songs out. Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah they like the we, we definitely have some extra songs, and there's a few. Um, little surprises that we might release too. Oh, so, cool. That. <laughs> well, I trust you. Um, I mean, I, I got to see you guys the last time. That was a great time. And the dynamic between you and, and the rest of the band just just works so well. Um, what kind of sound are we getting this time around? Are you going for um, radio airplay? Are you going for Sirius XM type stuff? Or? Uh, it's interesting because we went for, well, the management wanted us to do like AAA, which is kind of like you know, your Jack Light stuff and, and your, your kind of garage rock stuff and I was you know we are just not that kind of band you know and there might be some elements like that on there mm-hmm. but we're a modern rock band you know with you know catchy melodies and the whole thing and um, we did a record a few years ago when, when you saw us and mm-hmm. it was really eclectic it was bluegrass it was rock it was country it was pop um, and you know I don't know how our fans really took to it and our management definitely said this is not your comeback record, so we kind of pulled it away. Oh. Um, so this record, we definitely went for the more rock side of us, more like, you know, the Madden Crab with the story of the girl. Right. Um, but we wrote the whole thing. Hold on a second. Someone's actually after it. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> Post office. It's the shopping center right across the street. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You can go back home again. <laughs> well, yeah. I, don't worry about it. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for my dog to start barking here. Go ahead. The record is uh, it's more rock, and it's more like us, the way you know the Madden crowd was. But we, we wrote the whole record in Nashville, and I've been in Nashville eight years. I write country music, and mm. um, you know, I do all that stuff. And people are saying some of the songs are still leaning towards new country. It's like definitely not old country, but it's like the newer country stuff. And I got no problem with that, you no, know. But to no. me, 
at this point, everything is so wide open. It's just music, and you know, guys are not naming any names. But these people come to Nashville and oh, well, I'm putting out a country record, and it's like, why? Why? <laughs> just put out a solo record and say it's here's my solo record. Why does it have to be country? You know? Right. So I always said, if, if when you two lose to Nashville, if they're going to do a country record, that's probably. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. <laughs> I do not blame you. Uh, so what are you listening to these days? Oh, God, what am I listening to? Actually, more of the throwback country stuff, like Jason Isbell. Or Isbell, I'm sorry. <laughs> I his name. Jason Isbell, um, of course, Chris Stapleton, who's like the new craze. Um, just these guys that are really bringing back, you know, walking, you know, real country music. And, um... And then I don't just like the new stuff, but I, I definitely love the throwback. And uh, there's another guy I can't forget his name off the top of my head, but he sounds like Merle Haggard, so it's just really cool. Um, as far as like, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think of the last records I bought on on uh, like iTunes or whatever because I actually still buy music. Yeah, me too. Me too. Don't worry, man. I, 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 some I, people. Yeah. Actually, the last record I bought was the best of Jimmy Brothers, and it was pretty rock. That's interesting. Like, that was awesome. I, I listen to the 70s channel on XM all the time. That's my go-to when when the Boneyard sucks or when their Octane is not playing good stuff. or you know, I just go right to the 70s because it's always interesting, at least. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was funny. I was uh, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I kind of had some people over, so I was cleaning up, and I put some records on, and for, for whatever reason, I, I posted it on Instagram, actually, but Striper Soldiers Under Command. I had the white vinyl. <laughs> I had that record on, and I gotta say, it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> As I thought it used to. Right? Yes. No offense to Michael Sweet. Sometimes you can't go back home. Uh, absolutely. I, 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 I've done that, too, and I'm like, wow, this sounded a lot better when I was a kid. But uh, then, Not all of them do. Some of them sound just as they did, and it's like, oh, this is still great. Like, you put on, you put on uh, Killers by Iron Maiden, yeah. and that record awesome. It freaking sounds awesome. Absolutely, it does. Um, and there are, there are exceptions. Like, you know, I, mean, I just heard uh, I didn't hear it, but John was talking and said that um, Def Leppard re-recorded a couple of songs from uh-huh. Iron Maiden. Yeah, I have and that. They, they, they didn't do it to, to, you know, do a recut and do it exact. They just did it to get a new vibe, and apparently Joe sounded awesome. Um, yes. John saw a bad show, because I saw some YouTube stuff from Nashville, and he sounded great. And I was like, he was horribly insane. Well, do you know about that? Um, that This is very um, timely. Um, the Def Leppard cruise, Eddie Trunk was on it, and he talked about it. Joe blew out his voice. It's, like, gone. He's in yeah. recovery right now, so... Yeah, that happened on the cruise. A, a guy died on that cruise, too. The bass player for Rainbow oh, and Dio. Did you hear about that? Oh, Jimmy Bain. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, that, that was just a bad luck cruise. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, the musicians and artists that are passing away, it's just, like, getting crazy, like, every day. So oh, I know. Funny. We talked about it last show. Did yeah. you see the one about Animal from The Muppets? That was pretty funny. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, I, <laughs> oh yeah, we're watching the Muppets. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's funny. Don't worry, I'm on the we're on the Muppet the Muppet train. Well, all right, we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh, what song do you want us to play? Oh man, uh, we can at least play two. Uh, I got your first one, uh, of course. Uh, I, I, let's go. Let's go with "Story of a Girl," and then we'll close out with one of maybe one of your own. Yeah. All right, because we yeah, played we played yeah. old, we, we did old friends last time, and uh, people like that one. Um, all right, okay. we're gonna Just be right, right back. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just dug that record out because I have a box of it at my house that no one wants to 
It's fantastic. All right. Well, once again, folks, uh, thanks for listening. We're going to get right back with Brian DeVoe after this, and uh, I think you all know this one. All right. See you in a few. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles.
for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Brian DeVoe from Nine Days, and they're making their comeback. Show tomorrow night. Uh, I just wish we could have gotten this out sooner, Brian. I'm sorry about that. That's fine. But so, uh, what are your fans like? Do they do they recognize you in the street? Do you get recognized when you show up in places, or is, or is it like your superhero identity? Uh, well, I have a long beard right now, so I don't think anyone's going to recognize me. I can't believe you have a beard. Um, the only people that hate my beard is my mom and my ex-girlfriend, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. What are you going to say? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just gay. I'm kind of rocking the beard, you know. I live in Tennessee now, so. <laughs> <laughs> rocking the beard. Oh, man. But, um, you know, when we were doing it, and we had the video out and stuff, like, definitely at home, you know, people would, you know, notice or something. Like, I used to go to the gym here when I was still living on Long Island. And it would be more um, like people in the industry, like some a radio person or someone. You know, we were never. We were always called the faceless band, pretty much. So interesting. Well, you came out. You know, we talked about last time Napster. You know, you broke when Napster broke, and they broke you, and that that just sucked. Um, I, I hate I hated that time uh, in music. Um, where yeah. do you, where do you stand yeah. now with it? Where do you stand with the the free downloads that people are doing? You know. It's really tough to be a musician and make a living. Like uh, everyone's got a second job, it seems, and yes. you know, I actually sell wine in Nashville, yep. restaurants, and and, and um, stores and stuff. So um, I'd like to be published. And yeah, I had a small publishing deal last year actually, and uh, that was really cool for a while. But it wasn't enough for me to quit making money in other places. Um, so I'm working on that and. It's just uh, not like it used to be, you know, where no. you have to actually go out and buy music and you have to go to shows. And I think now, you know, people put out free music, but bands like Wilco put out a free record, you know. Actually, they called it Star Wars. But, yeah. So, so um, YouTube did, too. Show, Wasn't U2's last one free? What's that? U2's last one was free as well. They put a YouTube, uh, YouTube put a, a free one out there for the for the fans, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And destroyed iTunes for a while or something. Yeah, it was funny. Like, everybody got pissed. I'm like, what's the big deal? If you don't want to listen to it, just delete it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, hey, Bono. Yeah. I just hate that they're not putting out quality music. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, I was a huge YouTube fan, and I'm just kind of burnt on them. Like, I know they have a record coming out pretty soon, actually. I just hope it's, there's some substance there, you know. Uh, you know, you turned me on to, okay, si we're going back to sixth grade. Def Leppard, Ozzy Osbourne. And U2. U2. And I'm not the biggest U2 fan, but back then, that was that was their good stuff. It was Pride, you know, all the, the good music, the good rock yeah. and roll. You turned me on to a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have gotten into till later on. I mean, then then Rat, Motley Crue came later, but it, it wasn't the stuff that, you know, like 
but that you had turned me on to, Iron Maiden, Substance, just like you said. Well, I've had a lot of different musical influences. Obviously, I grew up listening to country music. That's part of the reason why I actually wanted to move to Nashville and, um, and, and you know, go for that kind of thing. And, you know, when I moved to Nashville, which was eight years ago at this point, um, the band wasn't doing anything. So, but, you know, me, me just learning that town and, and, um, and living there for so long and, and just working at it, it actually benefited nine days because we, our management stays there now. Our management has done some wonders for us to allow us to work with actually Jim Scott, who is a amazing producer and he's produced Wilco, he's produced and engineered records like, um, uh, God, was it Tom Petty? Wow. Wildflowers, right? Is that the record? Um, and he's worked with the Foo Fighters. I mean, the guys worked with everybody. So, me being in Nashville was a, definitely a good thing for everyone. Um, and, uh, what was my point of that? <laughs> substance. <laughs> We're talking substance in music. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, growing up in country, and then, you know, I was into everything in the 80s, you know, including YouTube and Bruce Springsteen, and probably if it was for those two guys, and uh, probably Bob Dylan. I don't know if I've ever become a songwriter, you know, because that's where I learned how to really write songs. Um, everything else was just uh, fun. Exactly. Well, you, you, were ta- you were talking about uh, publishing. Are you saying you wrote, did you write a book, or are you talking about lyrics that you published? Oh, no, 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 songs. Okay, okay. For other people to purchase, or are you selling them to other musicians? Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of songs. I wrote probably about 15 songs just over the summer. I had a three-month deal, and that company is... Um, I'm very good friends with them. They're called Ryan Partners, and uh, I am. They're you know they're shopping my stuff to whoever you know. Good. Building, you know anybody. It's it's tough, <laughs> man. I, I understand the whole the whole independent artist thing. Um, I, I have books out there. I have two books out there: "Dwelling in the Dark," "The Fall of Tomorrow," and I'm in like three other anthologies: uh, "Rise of the Dead" with uh, John Russo, who wrote the original "Night of the Living Dead." It's very difficult to. I mean, uh, to make a dime on these things. Um, nobody's buying books really; they're buying them on Kindle, uh, which does all right for me. But yeah, I, I can't imagine the frustration you're going through. Well, actually, I'm sorry, I can imagine the, the frustration you have uh, because, first of all, you with that first album, you guys should have just rode the wave and then that whole Napster bullshit. But it, kids don't see that. Times were changing. That was the times. Yeah. Times were so changing between labels and um, and the internet and everything. It was just you know. If yeah. our record would have came out two years earlier, like when Vertical Horizon came out or you were out lines, you know, like we could have been in a different place right now, but it, it is what it is. It is. It's, it's for everybody. It. You're not alone, man. They're all, everybody's going through it. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's got second, third jobs. It's just, it's everybody, every musician I talk to, it's the same story. Um, very frustrating. Yeah. These kids need to start buying records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, we are going to do vinyl, I'm pretty sure. So, cool. Uh, for this record. Um, actually brought that up to our managers. We gotta do vinyl. Like, I, we wish we did vinyl for the, you know, letting crowd. We mm. did have cassettes, but it's just not the same, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, I get it. Um, but, yeah, the cool thing about working with Jim Scott, too, in his studio in Valencia, California, he's got this huge, big room where it's kind of a hangout room, but it's just filled with vintage gear. Like, you could just walk around and pick up a guitar or sit on a drum set and, <laughs> And he's got like an eight track player. Wow. And he's got like a record store. 
That's so cool. Um, I, I recently too, and I told you uh, when I was in uh, in Syracuse. I, I I travel with this other writer every now and then, and um, it, he's also an actor. Um, his name is Salon Sangaris, and he knew he knew you. He was in the band Uncle Fester on Long Island back in the day. You know, I know that name. I don't. I didn't personally know them. But he knew you. Know oh, he knew you. He knew you well. He's older. He's older than us by about ten years. Yeah, but we, we got to be in a movie together. Uh, I'm, I'm in a, the Uncle John. Uncle John is a zombie. I, I, I'm, I get to be a zombie in, in a, a film made by John Russo. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. He's like one of the main characters, but I'm just glad I got thrown in there. <laughs> I have to throw that out there every now and then. If you could ever stick me in a movie, I'm ready. Oh, ready dude. Oh, see, I, if you, you let me know. If you were out here, you easily could have been a zombie. Uh well, if the time comes I again. Don't want to be a zombie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man, but um this is interesting too, Brian. Uh you even back then talk about your your musical oh the the, the variety of sounds that you introduced me to. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about it anymore, but Duran Duran who has had a huge resurgence recently. And Ms. D, our lovely assistant, of course, loves them. Um, there's DVDs. They, they've got new CDs out like every other year. Um you'd kind of turn me on to them in 6th grade. I'm not afraid to admit that. You know, it's it's interesting because Duran Duran obviously was an 80s new wave pop band. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit I was into hair metal and I was a product of that. Actually, I was going through some old pictures today and <laughs> sold them to the guys and they're quite, quite funny. Actually, they said, oh, that, the hair that was on top of your head is now filming out of your face, basically. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, but um, I, I remember... Yeah, you were into you liked the solo project. I remember that. The solo record was awesome, and they just had like, they had cool hair. I was like, alright, these guys are cool, even though they're kind of like you know, <laughs> um, not heavy metal, but <laughs> right. But they had good. And the girl I was hanging out with loved. And there you go. Jennifer. And there it is. That's where it is. Uh, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? But they had, you know, honestly, John Taylor is an incredible bass player, though. Uh, you listen to the, the, those early records. I mean, amazing stuff. And then you got the Power Station too, which was loved it. I have. I should. I should send this to you. I have the Power Station guitar playbook when I was trying to teach myself how to play. The first thing I ever learned was get it on Bang a Gong. <laughs> It's funny because I never knew what the power station was. I just thought that was maybe the band. And then right. it's actually that studio in New York, which in 1998, me and the band spent a whole year demoing stuff there, which was awesome because that's where Born in the USA, parts parts of Born in the USA were recorded. The River was recorded there, which Bruce just put out um, the box set of The River, which had, you know, another 15, like, unreleased songs. Heard about which that. Which he's been doing for... He did the Darkness one, which was awesome, which was... 21 unreleased songs. Um, Holy smokes. This one, had, this one had about, I think, 10 to 15. I haven't even gotten it yet. Um, and I'm always late with everything. Late with watching Star Wars. Late with getting the Bruce <laughs> Box. Ah, you're you not know, late you at all. do it from Born in the USA. That's and just, I have most of this stuff anyway. You're, you're ahead of the game, man. You're not behind. You're not behind. Uh, you're, you're ahead of the game. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, what, what do you want to play next? You want to do Old Friends? No, why don't you do... I love that song. Thank you. All right. We're... That's the song where we uh, used to end all our shows with. I know. We used to 
<laughs> They're crazy to, to miss that. To me, that that's my favorite song on the record. All right, let's do that right now, and we'll get right back with Brian DeVoe. If you leave, where will you go? Before the regret you hold in your heart will start to show. If you leave, how will you know? If I'll ever, after ever, had a chance to grow, do you dream?
right, and we're back with Brian DeVoe of Nine Days, and that was one of my favorite songs on the record, the first record. Um, let's talk about process, uh, your writing process. Uh, like, what hits you? Is it the riff first? Um, I know you always had riffs in your head since you were a kid, but or is it the lyrics? Where, where do you guys go with that? Well, I mean, in the past, it was, um, for me, usually the music came first. And then it would just take me a while to, to put, um, you know, the words to it, and, and it would just kind of slowly. John, it used to come quicker, and I think that's because he would probably come up with the story first and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, being in Nashville, which is a totally different kind of way of writing, basically I step in a room with people, you know, either one or two other co-writers, and um, in three hours I have a song done. Mm-hmm. Um so we just sit there and one of us may have an idea or we might just start talking and something will just pop up. Um, the new song, which I think is the lead for the new single, is called Green Light. Um, and that was written with John and I and our good friend Phil Barton. He's from Australia and he's been in Nashville for a while. He's a number one hit songwriter and good friend. And, you know, I brought John in. I said, let's go right with Phil. And uh, we were sitting there going through stuff and, yeah, it wasn't clicking right away. Mm. Um, and it was the last ride of the day. We wrote three songs that day, so we had three sessions. So this was the third one, and we are kind of done. And then Phil came up with the line, oh, come on, give me that green light. And that, that, that's it. You know? <laughs> that's and awesome. That, that song pretty much wrote itself. So, uh, Organic, I like that. That's going to be the one that kind of leads the way in your record. Um, and uh, like I said, a lot of all the songs, if not maybe one or two, we're all written in Nashville with, with mainly my co-writers that, you know, I've, I've been, um, built really, I've built relationships with, you know, for the past eight years. And, mm-hmm. uh, John started coming down and, um, and we all got together and, uh, and I managed to hook this up with a couple of new writers that I, um, had the pleasure of meeting and working with. So it's been, it's been awesome. But this is the most, John and I never wrote together like this. You know, we had two parts of the song, like, so far away. Yeah. I had the chorus, and he had the verses, and I'm like, hey, this might fit together. It worked. And that's kind it, of the way we only write. And that's kind of the way Lennon and McCartney did it. I don't think they ever sat in a room and literally wrote. But this record, we did. Um, cool. Actually, the last record, we did a little of that. But this one, um, it's all of us, me and John and, and Horner, sitting in a room with, with Leonard, the writer, and, and, and just kind of cashing it out. In a couple hours. <laughs> that, that's all, yeah. but that's rock and, and roll. It, it's real. And the band's been together since '94, so once we bring it into the band, it, it could totally change. There was a couple songs I had that they, the guys were like, "I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's in your head. But this isn't working." But then we all start playing it, and it would turn into something different, and 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 it would work. So there's a song called "Mona Lisa Smile." Yeah. On that, that I wrote with. Uh, one of our good friends, um, Jeff Cohen, who wrote Crazy for This Girl, um, by, uh, Evan and Jared. I don't know if you remember those guys. Or Jared. Um, and, uh, it was the first one I wrote with him, and actually, in 98, wow. he was in, in A&R, and our manager was like, hey, you know, this guy Jeff Cohen is coming up, and uh, he's a songwriter, he's gonna be pretty big, and, and you guys should do one of the songs. And John and I were like, well, we write our own songs. You know, but we ended up playing it live once for him, and he told me uh, we were doing a songwriters round together. He's like, "That's the first time I heard another band play one of my songs. It was awesome." 
Uh, so yeah, him and I wrote this one song on the record, and the band totally morphed it into what it is um, today. And it's there's been a favorite uh, of the new songs with some of the bands, so it's been pretty cool. Um, the whole record, like I said, is like that. It's it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool, and it's very raw too. Um, I like that. You know, you think of Jim Scott and, and the records he's done, and the, the big production, but there's some songs on here where, and we've always done this to an extent, I think, um, like, it's live. Like, the, the rhythm track, like, there's a couple songs where my guitar track was played start to finish, and I didn't even, may fix the piece here and there, there was a flood, but it's all there, guitar solo and everything, I didn't overdub anything. Wow. So there's a lot of that on this record, which is awesome, because well, it's a band, and you're hearing the band play. I love, I love hearing, um, an artist being excited about their work and it's, it just sounds like this is this sounds like I can't wait to hear this now we have to wait till June for the first release um no June the record will be released okay sorry the street date may be the 24th but I'm not sure somewhere around there so but I mean like I said there should be a song or two that's going to come out prior and, and start building it up I'm just not I'm mm-hmm. um, not completely sure about everything but yeah it should start come a couple months before and then by June it'll be out well please send a song my way I'd love to play it over here yeah definitely absolutely and, uh, so I guess the inspiration's still there um, you haven't lost anything or maybe the break in between albums you, you, were you just hungry for a new one all of you guys were you all just ready it was at the time well that kind of happened in two, 2013 like we mm-hmm. I was in Nashville and then we have a good friend who's produced a couple records for us uh, Paul Umbach and I actually moved with him and another friend, uh, Chris Trevette from England. He's a mixer. And we had this big house in Franklin, Tennessee, and he built a studio in the basement, and we heard... It was another three years of a music frat house, you know? It was crazy. <laughs> so um, uh, a few years later, you know, John and I started talking, and um, I don't know how it really came about, but we just thought of doing something, and we got everyone together, and we did the record in in uh, Tennessee and like I said we, we did some shows all year to pay for it we did a I think a Kickstarter thing too mm-hmm. and that was kind of uh, crazy because we had to do a lot of stuff well John uh, John had to do a lot of stuff because he kind of took it on so I don't want to discredit him so that was kind of the beginning and then uh, that's when I met our manager you know Straight 8 Entertainment and um you know, that's when he said, like I said earlier, like, this is not your comeback record. It was a fun record to do, and it'll definitely resurface. But, um, so it's been about a year's work, worth of work with this new record and writing, maybe two years even, you know, it's between the writing and actually recording the record, you know, and now it's, we're ready to get it out there. Well, yeah, I happen to agree with him. He's a professional, but, um, yeah, when you, uh, you come out with your comeback record, people go on iTunes like, wait, this came out too? Then they'll buy that also, you know? Uh, that, that, there's that trickle down effect. Uh, at least me being a, pers- a person that still purchases my music, that's what I look at. And then you, you miss a single uh, somewhere here and there, you buy that. Do I what? I'm sorry, sir. And then, you, like, every time you go on iTunes, like, you, you see, sometimes you, you'll see things you didn't know the band did. Uh, a remix of something, or a soundtrack, you know, along the way. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the perfect example of that is Ryan Adams. Um, not Brian, but Ryan. I know. Ryan David Adams. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go on iTunes and there's like three new records there, you know, and it's like, shit, I didn't know I put this out. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like Christmas sometimes. But he, but he writes so much that, um, 
you know, it's just like you, you get to discover so much music from that. Um, yeah, he's, he's one example of that, definitely. Very cool. Well, now's the time. I guess you better plug all everything you got. Uh, for oh, I, I did want to ask you this: Is it the original band? You have all all the same guys still? Yes. Okay, they're all back. Okay, cool. Good to know. I like that. All right. Um. Yeah. Plug away, man. Okay. Um. So uh, basically, it's Nine Days Band, uh, and that's our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. And then our website is Nine Days Music dot com which will have all those links on there. So, uh, 90smusic.com, and then everything else is 9 Days Band. And uh, we love posting stuff on social media, especially me and the guys will tell you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we post old pictures, and whenever we're doing new stuff, we always put stuff out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fun. That, that, that's one good thing about the Internet. You know, we could just totally go crazy with, with uh, flaunting what we're doing. As you should. As you should. Um, and uh, wait, did you? I'm sorry. Did, did you say Twitter? Yeah, it's nine days band. Okay, Twitter. sorry. All right. Yeah. Well, as always, I'm at fairly dark on Twitter. Thanks, followers. Uh, big following lately. I don't know what happened with the past couple of shows. I appreciate it. Uh, keep listening. Keep sharing the music. Um, sharing the, the share the show, but buy the music. Um, and my website, of course, www.fairlydarkproductions.com, where you can find all Kettle Whistle Radio episodes, as well as my books, if you're into the horror thing. Brian DeVoe, I cannot thank you enough for this. Um, it's always great talking to you. It's always just kind of like, well, yeah, sitting down having coffee with an old friend. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right, man. Brian DeVoe, in Long Island, right? Long Island. All right. And, uh, on Long Island. On Long Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't live in Long Island. We live on Long Island. I know. <laughs> it's been so long. Um, we got to go out with a song now. Okay. Um, yeah, we should have saved so far away for the end. Let's see what else could we play. I know, I right? I guess Play If I Am. That was our second single off the big record. Okay, which one? I'm sorry. You faded out. If I Am. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Very good. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. I got uh, an example of our little social media. I actually posted... Um, me playing the guitar solo uh, from that song playing uh, obviously it's an easy guess for a nine days fan but I was like what song is this from so I thought that was pretty cool <laughs> and I played it pretty well I don't say so myself <laughs> now you've always, you've always been a pretty damn good guitarist um, alright well I hate to say goodbye folks but we gotta say goodnight and goodbye where, wherever you are what time of day it is thanks for listening folks friends and fiends and Brian if you wanna go out uh, go out and say goodnight I'll take that. <laughs> so you're standing on a ledge. It looks like you might fall so far down. Or maybe you were thinking about jumping. That you could have it all. If you learned a little patience. But though I cannot fly, I'm not content to crawl. To give me a little credit, having me a little faith. I want to be with you forever. Tomorrow's not too late But it's always too late When you got nothing So you say And you should never let the sun set on tomorrow Before the sun rises today If I
Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.